If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to jump right into the Word of God today. And this, this topic today is a tough one, because I know that we've all struggled this, with this topic, that I want to believe, but God, how come God didn't answer my prayers? And this is this conversation between these two people is, is, is one that you may have had or maybe even thought in your mind and maybe even just kind of shipwrecked your faith a little bit or maybe cause you to maybe just say, I don't know if God is real. Um, I prayed, I prayed, then, then why do these things happen? And, uh, and, and why didn't God answer uh, my prayers? And so I want to jump into that today. And one of my f- favorite verses in the Old Testament is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, and I love this passage. It's a promise. But I want to unpack this first day because I believe it will help us understand how, what is the purpose of prayer? Why do we pray? Um, how do we trust God through the things that we don't understand or we don't see answered in our lives? And, and, and the proverb writer says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. How many of you know that verse? You know, that's a good one. How many of you, that's one of your favorites, right? That's a good one. Um, <clears throat> I've shared this before. When we built the sanctuary. We, we gathered together as a church, and we wrote on the foundation underneath the carpet are our favorite verses, our favorite promises from the word of God. And I wrote that very verse right around over in this area right there. So somewhere underneath that carpet is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I remember walking around the sanctuary after we dedicated that we came into the building, which was not code, but we still, we did it anyways. Don't tell anybody. But we came in before it was completely built, and we, we all wrote, and so many of you wrote, wrote so many wrote proverbs 3 5 and 6 and so i want to i want to i want to dissect that force today and see see what it means uh, i believe probably this question of why god didn't answer my prayers is probably one of the most difficult questions that we might have um and 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 so i want to look at the question of of concerning prayer why didn't god answer me why didn't he answer my prayer and some of you might be here today and maybe you're mad at god because you prayed for something and it didn't turn out the way you wanted and maybe you're mad. I mean, I remember as a kid, I, I wanted a dog. I prayed for a dog all the time. I just want a dog. And the Lord answered my prayer, which I don't think he really answered my prayer because he gave me a cat and that wasn't good. Uh, so we had cats growing up. Um, no, I love cats. I know I always get hate mail after that. Cats are cool. Just not as cool as dogs. But anyways, um, and so we, we, we say these prayers, and we're like, God, why didn't, why didn't you answer this? And, 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 and maybe it took you a long time, maybe to come back to church, or maybe you've talked to someone that this is their reason, their stumbling block for not believing in God. And, you know, how many have ever felt this way? He, he answers other people's prayers, but he doesn't answer mine. I hear, I hear other people's prayers can answer, but he doesn't answer mine. And, and some of you've prayed for years, maybe for maybe a spouse, maybe your husband or something to come to know Jesus. And the more you prayed, the more they became like Satan, right? You're like, wait, wait, this is working the opposite way. What, what's going on here? And it, it creates this tension within our lives. And uh, so let me be completely honest with you. This, this is a hard one, but I believe that the word of God does give us some answers about prayer and how we align ourselves with prayer so that we can know God's plan for our life. Um, maybe you've, you've, you think this way, like, man, man I pray for people and, and things seems to get worse. And, 
And I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get prayer, Pastor. I, I, I struggle with this very thing. And so I want us to consider this passage because I believe it has some answers for us about prayer. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is, is, is just an amazing verse of what it means to trust the Lord when we don't understand. And that's why I want to unpack this. And I want us to, I want us to understand a couple things about prayer. And I want to look at, at two things about prayer. The second point, I'm going to have six things that we're going to do so we can align ourselves with the will of God so that we can have confidence knowing that God hears us when we pray. Amen? So I, I, I believe that, that we can gain this confidence, not in ourselves, but knowing that God is faithful. Even when things don't work out our way, we're going to get a confidence in our life because our faith is not in ourselves. It's in the living God and saying, God, I know you're working in spite of things aren't working out my way. But I know you're still working. And that takes faith. And that's why the apostles and the early disciples uh, lived such amazing lives to the Lord, even though when you look on the outside, looking into their lives, it didn't seem so great looking from the outside. But God did amazing things within their life because they learned to trust the Lord in spite of their circumstances. And so that's where we need to go. We need to get a correct understanding of the character of God, that God doesn't love me any less just because things don't work out the way I want them to work out or my prayers didn't get answered the way I wanted them to get answered. We need to understand the character of God, that God doesn't stop loving us. Sometimes he uses these things to cause us to grow closer to him. So I want... I want God the Father to be your solid foundation that doesn't move, that he is, is, is a firm foundation that, that never moves. Just because your circumstances may change, God doesn't change. And so our faith has to be in, in that, and knowing that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever, that he is, he is solid, that it's solid footing for me to believe in him, that he's that anchor that holds even in the storm's of life. So what I want to look at is what is the purpose and the reason for prayer? Because if we, if we're honest with ourselves, we ask this question, what is the purpose and the reason for prayer? If we ask ourselves, this is the one area in our lives that for some reason we fail in. Can we just be honest this morning? Amen. Come on. Let's nine o'clock crowd. Let's be honest. This is the one area we can say, you know, I can read the Bible or maybe have devotions, but man, my prayer life, my prayer life, my prayer life, I'm embarrassed by it. I'm embarrassed by my prayer life. I don't nearly spend enough time as I know that I should. And I know even hearing this message, when pastor even mentioned prayer, I started to feel guilty, right? I started to feel like, man, I, I didn't even pray this morning and I was going to church. Didn't even pray on Sunday, right? So right away you had this guilt and this condemnation come in your life because you're like, man, I know I need to pray more. I know I need to pray more. I know, I know, I know, I know. So right away, this, this brings condemnation and guilt. But let's, I think if we can understand the purpose and the reason for prayer, it will change our attitudes. It will change the way we look at prayer when we change the way we look at God. It's got to start there. The way we look at God has to be our starting point. Prayer is not something that is used to manipulate God for our bidding. We, we, we have to know that God desires more than anything else to have an intimate relationship with you, to have a personal relationship with you. 
prayer is not something that I take my time card and I clock in and I say, oh, good. I clocked in for 10 minutes, God. I'll see you tomorrow morning, right? It's not what it's about. I think if we understand the intimacy that God desires to have with us, the closeness that God desires to have with us, it will change the reason why we pray. So let's look, let's get the purpose and the reason for prayer. First of all, prayer, let me give this statement before I jump into the first point. Prayer moves me into the will of God. Prayer moves me into the will of God. Prayer moves me into God's realm, not my own. Okay, so here it is. Prayer moves me into the will of God. Prayer moves me into God's realm, not my own. So prayer is not this manipulation where I say, okay, God, you do my bidding. I want you to come into my world and then do what I want you to do, like some genie. No, prayer, what it does is when I pray and I see God's face, it moves me into his will. It moves me into his realm so that I can know him and I can trust him even more. So let's move into this this first point as we unpack Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What does prayer involve? Well, first of all, prayer involves trust. Prayer involves trust. I think one of the most difficult things for us to do as followers of Jesus is to obey. It's a trust issue. God, will you catch me if I fall? God, will you be there for me when I'm lonely? Do you realize that that you do things in your life that you completely put your trust in other people's hands without even realizing it sometimes? Do you realize that? We're getting ready to fly to Costa Rica tomorrow. I have not checked the pilot's credentials yet. I don't know if there's going to be an eight-year-old in the cockpit. I don't know. I don't know anything. I, I just, I get in a seat, right? And I just assume that the pilot has a license. I assume, right, he's not flown. I, I'm assuming this isn't the first time, his first rodeo, right? I'm assuming that. So what am I doing? I'm putting my complete trust in the pilot's hands that he's going to deliver us. He or she is going to deliver us safely to Costa Rica. Is that trust? Okay. That's trust. You're just trusting that it's going to happen or, or a surgeon. I, I don't think I've yet to ask a surgeon or, or whatever. Or Can I see your credentials? Where did, what, how many have you done? Maybe some of you do. And that's probably a good thing sometimes, but normally we just go in and we trust that they're going to do what they're supposed to do. See, we assume that these things have already been done for us. See, verse 5 in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, the word trust means to have complete confidence, to be sure, to be bold. The word means to have complete confidence, to be sure, to be bold, to know that God can be trusted. So the question I need to ask myself is, am I trusting God with my life? See, it's a control issue. Not everything is going to work the way I want it to work. And I'm willing to trust God with my life when things don't go the way I want it to. See, when Jesus asked his disciples, uh, Jesus was asked by his disciples how, how they were to pray. And, and, and we, we know the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We know this, the Lord's prayer. And so they asked, they asked Jesus, Jesus, how are we to pray? 
And I want you to realize that the Lord's Prayer is not some magical formula we pray. It's not some ritualistic prayer that we pray over and over again and it loses its meaning, right? And that's, and that's the problem we have when we see Jesus pray this way and we say, okay, here's the formula and I just pray this without any meaning, ritualistic, and it, and it, and it has no purpose in my life. You see, the Lord's Prayer should actually be called the Disciples Prayer. It should be called the Followers of Jesus Prayer. And so when we look at this prayer, it shows us God's desire and how we are to pray. Pray. Jesus shows us that prayer moves us into the will of God and puts us into God's plan. It's a pattern on how we are to pray, and it gets our heart in the right place with the right focus. The Lord's Prayer is not something we simply memorize (coughs) with no meaning or thought or something that we just recite back to God. And I want you to notice something about the first part of the Lord's prayer. It's recognizing the name of God. Holy is your name. Your name is above every other name. You are Father, Abba. You will take care of me. This is this intimate relationship, this personal relationship that Jesus consistently calls God, his Father. Abba, Father. The word Abba is a very interesting word. It, 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 it takes on this very personal name of God. And I know many times we've heard it said that um, when we say Abba, it means like, God, I can just jump in your lap and you're going to be there for me. It, it's this, it's, it's when my kids see me, they know I'm their dad. So when they say, hey, dad, how you doing? And they know that they can give me a hug, whatever. Abba, there's this personal relationship. But the word takes on another meaning, which is very interesting. The word Abba also means that my dad's bigger than your dad. You ever get that? My dad's stronger than your dad, right? It's like these, these kids were having an argument about how, how, how important their dads were. One kid said, hey, my dad is pretty important. When he goes to work and he has a meeting, there's like 20 guys that sit around a table and they listen to him. He's real important. One guy says, yeah, my dad, he's head of his company. And what he says goes. Another kid says, yeah, my dad, he calls all these people down to the front and they all have these baskets and they all collect money for him. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's what this word Abba means. It, it's, it takes on this context of my dad's, my dad's for me. My dad's got my back. And so when, he, when Jesus says to pray, pray is that you're praying to somebody who cares about you, who desires to be close to you. So Matthew, Matthew 6, we see this. It, it, it says, Jesus says, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Put your trust in God, your Father. Know that he cares for you. Know that he wants to have a close relationship with you. It's not some person that doesn't know you, that doesn't care about you. He does. And the second thing I want you to see about the purpose of prayer is not only to come to God and know that he's our father, that he's our Abba father, that he, he will take care of us, have that personal relationship. It's not stagnant. It's not ritualistic. It's not sterile. It's close. It's personal. But here's the thing I really want us to look into today as we jump into the second point is that prayer involves God's will. Because this is the thing we all struggle with. What 
is God's will. What is God's will for this situation? What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for this, that, and the other? And what you're going to see is, and what we're going to discover, not only in Jesus's prayer that he gives to the disciples about knowing God's will, we're going to see that prayer actually brings us into the will of God. And what God desires us to do is pray in his will. I'm going to give you six things on how to pray in God's will, knowing that God, is this the right type of prayer? Have you ever thought that God, should I even pray this? Like, should I pray this? Because I don't even know if this is in your will. So I'm not sure if I should even ask you for this because I'm not sure if this is your will. Should, 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 should I pray for a better job? Should I, um, should, should, should I, should I pray for the right person to come into my life? That perfect person should, should I, um, should I, should I pray that you help me with this exam that I didn't study for? Is that, is that, is that okay? Should I, should I, should I, should I pray for that God? Right. Um, how do we know? Cause th- this I think is, is going to help all of us. Cause this is, I think the point where we all struggle. God, am I praying in your will? And that's what God desires. He desires us to know him, that he is our father, that he will take care of us. But we want to get into his realm. We, we want to we get into his kingdom. We, we want to know what God is thinking, what he cares about, what he desires for my life. So, Lord, I, I want to know your plans. I want to know your will. And the, and, the, and the Bible is so clear on what God's will is and how we pray in God's will. Okay? So, so here's... So how do I pray in God's will? Well, this could be the very thing that's hindering your prayers because Proverbs three, five says, lean not on your what own understanding. So don't lean on your own understanding or how you think things are going to play out or lean on your own will. So what the proverb writer is saying is, listen, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. How many of us, we have an understanding. We think this is the way it should go, God. So this is the way I'm going to pray. And then when it doesn't go that way, we're like, wait a minute. But the proverb writer says, listen, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust God in these areas. So what does Jesus say here? Well, Jesus says to his disciples and to us in Matthew 6, 10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in what? He wants us to get into his will, the same will that's in his kingdom. He wants it to be in this kingdom here on earth. He wants us to get with his plan. So we, we need to first have the heart to say, okay, God, I need to get into your plan. I need to abandon my plans and I need to get into your plans and understand what is your will. And what does it mean that your kingdom come, your will be done? Lord, I want to pray your will. So what does it mean? To pray in God's will. I'm going to give you six things here. They're in your notes. Six things on how to pray in God's will. Are you ready? These, these, are, these are so simple, but these are things that we miss. And these are things that can derail us if we're not careful. We don't pray this way. Because then we start praying in our will and what we want and what we desire. And not what God desires for us. Because he knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen? Thank God for that. Okay, so let's look at a couple things. Let's look at these six things. First of all, pray with a grateful heart. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition 
with what? Thanksgiving. And then you present your request to God. So what Paul is saying here, we just don't go to go to prayer and we say, well, here's my list, God. Thank you. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Right? It's not this, just this petition rattling off. Here's my need. Here's my need. Here's my need. Here's my need. Paul's saying it's okay to go to the Lord with our petitions, with the things we're struggling with. But what Paul says here is he adds this with thanksgiving, with a grateful heart. God, I thank you. Here, here are my petitions, but I thank you, God, that you know all things. I thank you, God, that you are good. And I want to make sure that my attentions are focused on you and that I have a grateful heart in all these things, that my spirit is not complaining, that I'm not griping, that, I'm, that, that Lord, you grab my critical spirit. Let me pray with a heart of gratitude, Lord. That's praying in God's will. God wants you to have a thankful heart in all things. Once again, it's not leaning on your own understanding, but it's, it's, it's leaning on God saying, God, I know you have a purpose in the plan, but I'm going to thank you. I know this is hard. But I'm going to thank you. I'm going to have a grateful heart because I know you know me better than I know myself. So I'm going to thank you. I'm going to pray with this grateful heart. Second thing I want you to see there, this is so important because this will impede your prayers if you're not careful. And many of you, you may feel like, man, when I pray, I just feel like my prayers are hitting off the ceiling. I, 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 I don't feel that connection or that closeness with God. Well, to pray in God's will, we have to pray with a heart of forgiveness. And Jesus even said that. Forgive others. Forgive others of their trespasses. If if I'm praying and I have bitterness and unforgiveness for someone, then the Bible tells us to first ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness. That very thing may be hindering your prayers because a root of bitterness has grown in your heart that's impeded your prayers to the Lord because you're angry and you're upset. So when you go to the Lord in prayer and you ask him, Lord, help me with these things, but yet you've got bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, that will impede your prayers to the Lord. First, ask for forgiveness. Go to that other person and ask for forgiveness, and that will open up the gates for your heart to be right before God. But if we go to the Lord and we expect God to forgive us when we haven't forgiven other people, is God going to forgive us? No way. The Bible is very clear on that. The God that has forgiven you and done great things for us, we also need to have the same heart. That doesn't excuse bad behavior or things that people have done. That hands that person over the Lord. They have to stand before God themselves. But unforgiveness breaks the chain that we have to that other person. It breaks it. And it releases me unto God so that I can hear his voice and have that relationship with him. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the areas in your life, those hidden areas, those blind areas. And it's interesting, the way you can, the way you can kind of monitor yourself in this area, when somebody's name gets brought up or, or a situation that occurs that's close to a situation that you're very, that you haven't asked for forgiveness about, if you find yourself getting defensive and mad and talking about it, then you know, mm, maybe, I haven't, maybe I haven't given forgiveness here because I'm still holding on to this. I'm still bitter about this. That will impede your prayer life. That will hinder your prayer life like no other. So pray with a heart of forgiveness. Ask God, inspect my heart. Is there sin that needs to be dealt with? And ask God for forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 is such a great promise. It says, if we confess our sins... He is what? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. So ask for forgiveness. 
Here's another step in praying in God's wills. Pray for needful things. Pray for needful things. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you as well. It's almost like God, when I'm seeking you first and really praying for those needful things in my life, it's almost like God says, you know what? I'm going to put a cherry on top of the Sunday for you too. And there are things that we don't expect that are given us. We're like, wow. See, when I come to God and I say, God, I'm going to pray for the needful things in my life. And I know that you're faithful, that, that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. And, and when I pray with the heart of thanksgiving, then I'm able to see God's blessings in a totally different way. I'm able to see all the little things that God does in my life. If my heart is selfish and self-centered, it's so hard to see all the things that God does and all the different ways that God blesses us. How many of you just, you see things in your life and you're like, thank you, Lord, for that blessing. That is so, wow. You dropped that right in my lap. It was, I was, it was so warm yesterday. So I, I ran outside and there was a, a guy in our neighborhood and he just stopped me. He was in this truck and he stopped me. I said, okay, this might not be good. It might be good. It might not be good. He's got a gun rack in the back of his truck. I don't know. No, I'm just teasing. And, and I knew who he was and his kids live in our neighborhood. And he just stopped me. He said, you know what? He goes, um, he goes, you're the pastor at, at living word. I'm like, maybe, and maybe not. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I am. He goes, uh, I just want to let you know I was at a funeral at your church last week. And he goes, I just want to let you know, I knew the person that passed away and he was a good friend of mine. He goes, I just want you to know how welcoming your church was and what a beautiful service it was. Thank you for what you're doing in the community. So I was towards the end of my jog. I was getting really tired. And after he said that, I was so encouraged, man. I think I ran the last bit of my jog in like 10 seconds flat. It was just, it just boosted me. It encouraged me. And I'm like, thank you, God. For that blessing. That guy, he didn't have to stop. That little blood, that little cherry on top of a beautiful day. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. That person really encouraged me. Encouraged me about our church. About you guys. Listen, we're not perfect. And we all make mistakes. But God is so faithful to bless us in so many ways that we don't see or even know about. But if, 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 if we're just sensitive to God. And praying for those needful things in our life, I really believe that God adds so much more to us. Adds so much more in our lives. The things we're not even expecting, God adds. But if I'm expecting God to do this, that, and the other, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, I'm going to miss out on all his blessings because my heart's not right. And God is so good in so many ways. Here's the, here's the next one. I love this one. If you want to be in God's will, yeah, pray, you know, pray for the needful things, pray with a heart of forgiveness, pray with a grateful heart, but also pray without ceasing. Don't give up. Put your hope in God. Does God does answer prayers. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. Sometimes he says, listen, wait. <clears throat> but first Thessalonians chapter five says, Paul says, pray continually. Give thanks. There's the word thanks again in all circumstances for this is what this is. The, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So what does it mean to pray without ceasing? That, that, this means when you're in your car or at your, your work, you're just, you're just recognizing God who's in your life, that you're thanking him. I remember as a college student, 
one of our professors was a was a tennis player, and so he he called me one day. He said, "Hey, Barden, you want to go out and play tennis on Sunday afternoon?" I said, "Yeah, sure, let's go." So we went out. I remember getting in the car. He had nice praise music in his car, and the whole way there, he was just like, "Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to play tennis today. Thank you, Lord, for Barden." He's just saying this under his breath the whole time we're there. We're just he's having this conversation. He's just having this conversation. Thank you that I'm going to beat Barden today on the tennis court. Just, no, I'm just kidding. Just, just a godly man that just had thanks in his heart. Pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that you have to get alone in your prayer closet. That's what we should do. But just when you're driving, like somebody cut you off. Lord, help me, God, right now. Right? Help me not to say things that I should not say at this moment. It's constantly having that conversation with God. Lord, this person at work, I see they're down today. God, open up this conversation so that I can have a conversation with this person. Constantly having God in your mind. That's praying without ceasing. That constant conversation with God that he's always there. That doesn't have to be this compartmentalized thing of your life where you only pray here or this time in the morning or at night. But that you're constantly open to God. Pray without ceasing with thanksgiving. The next one is to pray with faith. Pray with faith, believing that God will do what he needs to do. It's not my faith in myself, but my faith in Christ. Pray with optimism. Jesus, show us what you want. I give my faith and my trust to you. I believe in you that you have everything under control. I'm going to trust you because you do know me. You're my Abba Father. I know you've got this under control. Now give me faith to believe that you're going to do it, God. Pray with optimism. Believe that God can do what he needs to do in your life. Aristotle, Greek philosopher, said this. He said that while it might be possible to venerate and appease the gods, actual intimate friendship with God was impossible. And and what... Why did Aristotle say that? Because he said this, he goes, the gods that we see and and that we believe in are beyond us. They're unreachable. They're beyond us. They they don't, you know, they're, we're just mere human. They're the gods and they're going to do what they want to do. And there's not this close, intimate relationship. You see, We can pray with faith knowing that God is not some far off God, but God actually came to us. That that God came in the incarnate form as Jesus Christ, who walked among us. The Bible says that he is our faithful high priest, that he's been through everything that we've been through. Jesus knows what you're going through. You can put your faith in him because he's been through everything you've been through yet without sin. We have this faithful high priest that we can run to, that we can cling to, knowing that we're going to find hope and mercy and grace in our time of need. That's the God we serve. He's faithful. He's close. He's a close father to you right there by your side as you're in your cubicle at work, as you're driving your car, as you're alone in your house, as you take a walk in the woods, wherever you are, God is right there with you. He's not far off. He, 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 it's not that he does not care. He cares about everything in your life. He is right there. Put your faith in him before you run to anybody else. Friends, books, whatever it is, run to him. Run to his word. Say, God, I need to trust you first. Yeah, the the advice of friends are fine and godly friends are fine, but God, I got to run to you first. 
I got to put my faith in you first. Pray with optimism, believing that God is going to do what he's going to do. And here's the last thing. I like this. So we, we, we pray with faith in a God who is faithful, but we also pray expectantly. And here's the thing that I love about prayer. Romans 8.28, Paul says, and we know that all things work for good for those who love and who have been called according to his purpose. And here is what we know about prayer. And as we pray in God's will, no matter what I go through, I know nothing can separate me from the love of God. That's my confidence. So I can pray expectantly knowing that God is going to do what he's going to do. Romans 8.39 says this, Paul, what, what great words, and I hope this encourages you this morning, neither heights nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, here's the reason why Romans 8.28 is so powerful for those who follow God and why our, our, our prayers and our communion with God is so important. I love what Pastor Tim Keller says about Romans 8.28. He says this, Paul tells us that if we follow Christ, here's the good news. Are you ready? Our bad things turn out for good. Our good things cannot be lost and our best things are yet to come. See, I love this because what it says is this is my hope is not in this world and the circumstances that are surround me that, that my prayers will ultimately all be answered one day. And, and, and the greatest prayer is this that expectantly we will be with Christ. That as we pass through this world and the struggles that we go through, ultimately we will be with Christ. See what this verse tells us is we can think well, I've done everything right, yet things still aren't working out. You see, we aren't immune to the bad things that happen in this world. But in this verse, God promises that those who love God will... He says, listen, just because you trust God doesn't mean you're never going to experience difficulties. And we can fool ourselves to believe that, that bad things are actually good things. Bad things are bad things. How many say bad things are bad things? Okay, he's not saying, well, just recognize the bad things. They're not really bad things. They're disguised as good things. They're not. They're bad things. But God says, even in those things, I can use them, redeem them, and use them for my glory and for my purpose if you trust me, if you walk in my will. Bad things will happen. Things won't go my way. Some things I prayed about may not get answered the way I want them to get answered. But the promise is this, that God will work for our good. God will work them to good effect in my life for those who love him. God will work for good. God will work them to good effect in my life for those who love God and trust in him. Lean not on your own understanding. Unanswered prayer doesn't mean that God doesn't love you or he stopped listening to you. Sometimes he's working something deeper in my life that I can't see at that time. And this is where I put my full leverage and my full faith in God saying, God, I don't see it. I don't know, but I'm going to put my full faith in you and I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep trusting. I want to be in your will. I'm going to keep praying with thanksgiving. 
with a grateful heart. I'm going to pray with faith. I'm going to pray expectantly. I'm going to pray with optimism. I'm still going to trust you and believe you because I know that you're working all these things for my good. People, this is where it comes down to. You got to know God's good. You got to know that he is a a good, good heavenly father. This is where it comes down to where God, I'm going to trust you even when I don't see it. And you got to trust the character of God beyond everything else that's going maybe haywire in your life. Trust the character of God. This is where you lean on the promises of God. Maybe for some of you, this might not be a bad idea, is just to read through the Psalms and begin to pray the Psalms. That many times David or whatever psalmist is writing, just lay bare their heart in their lives and just say, I'm struggling, but it, it, you, when you read through the Psalms, you just see the character of God, how good you are, God, how, how your love is, 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 is never failing. You're that cleft that I can run to. You're that solid foundation. You're that, you're that rock. You, 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 you're so good, God. And, and, and when you begin to pray these things, you begin to look at the character of God, and God begins to allow you to get into his will, to trust him, even when you may not see it. So this is where you lean on these promises. This is where the memorization of God's scripture is so important that you lean on the promises of God with everything you've got. That's how you pray in God's will. And so my prayer for you this morning as I just pray for you today as we just close in song and just make this our prayer today. Um, Some of you either you're A, disappointed with God because of things, the way they've worked out in the past or, or, or B, you're like, God, I, I just don't feel that you're there. Let me just say this for, for those of you that are here today. Take this list and just start doing it. Pray those scriptures. Just start doing it. Just be faithful. You may, you may not see the fruit right away, but I guarantee after a while, when you remain faithful to God, he's going to be faithful to you. And you're going to begin to see things change in your life. You're going to see a difference in your attitude. You're going to see a difference in the way you look at life and the perspective that you may look at. You're going to see maybe your cynical heart begin to melt away because you're beginning to trust God in that relationship that he desires to have with you. The o- Listen, the only way we truly develop our relationship, our personal relationship with God is through prayer. It's through prayer. All through the scriptures, you see Jesus getting away to his father through prayer, through prayer, through prayer. That's the way it is. And when you do these things, you will begin to develop a deeper, more consistent relationship with God, your father, through his son, Jesus Christ. So, so, so just take these six things in your life and begin to implement them and become faithful to them and watch what God begins to do in your life as you align yourself with his will. Amen. So let me pray for you today and just ask God just to solidify this in our hearts today. Lord, we just come before you now. And as we just close this time together, as we just sing to you, God, I just pray for every heart here today that that is just struggling to get in your will or things that have happened in their life that they're struggling with. God, I just pray that, that these things would encourage them. That, God, we would see that you're for us, that you want to know us. Help us to get a new, give us new insight to your character. Everything is established from our knowledge of who you are and the character of who you are, that you're faithful, that you're good, that you're consistent, that you're never changing. God, give us that view of who you are.
And then allow us to step, step foot into your will as we pray these things in our lives. So encourage your people today. And I thank you that, Jesus, you never give up on us. You never give up on us. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you that you're constantly interceding for us. We can trust you today. So do that in our hearts today as we just believe in you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I want you to stand this morning. Let's sing this and just ask God just to, just to solidify this message in our heart as we sing it unto him. God bless you.